Why sell your car at WeBuyAnyCar.com? Because selling it yourself can be, well, you know. Okay, I'll give you a half now. And? No, and just half. What? Avoid the hassle. I'm in a blaze of glory. Some people never, ever make a name. But change the game in someone's story. I'm still trying to leave my mom with a simple song and an old guitar. One thing I've learned out on the road is nobody has nobody. Here. By the way, just somebody fast. I, I can't stress this enough. On the, uh, free, the free meals and groceries, this is for every, anybody that needs it. There's no questions asked. We have people from all walks of life. There's no qualifications. There's nothing. You just pull up. That's it. We don't ask. We don't ask. We don't care. <laughs> there's no, there's, if you need it, if you think you need it, it could help out in any way. Just, just go get it. That's it. There's that's it. Anybody that you think may need it, you could you can um, absolutely recommend it. We're happy to have you. We do about uh, 600 free meals. We uh, help anywhere from 100 to 150 families a week or every week that we do it every first and third Thursday. So please take advantage if you need it. Dan, have you ever thought of doing a barbecue camp or class? People pay a fee. You share tips. Maybe we pay for deer trail meats and then do a cook and the food of part of the program uh, meal program. That's from Derek. Derek, are you trying to get me in trouble? You don't think I have enough jobs? You don't think I have enough jobs? My wife would kill me if I did something else again. She, She wasn't exactly thrilled when I started the, uh, we were talking about yesterday, I did have a barbecue company for a couple of years. She hated it. She hated it. I, I cannot go back into the barbecue business. And I don't even have that many recipes. I have probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 go-to recipes. That's about it. I don't have enough to be teaching people. There's plenty of people that do that. AJ's, uh, actually, uh, AJ's Pit Barbecue has a class. I took a class at Metro for a day. On how to do some barbecue and stuff. There's all, there's good stuff there. Uh, here's a text. It says, oh, there was somebody, by the way, saying they were in, uh, some, roasting some poblano peppers and had some Gouda cheddar or some Gouda burgers. Man, it made me hungry right now. Thank you. Thanks for texting in. I love it. I'm coming around on Gouda. I haven't had a lot of Gouda cheese, but I'm coming around on it. Gouda's a tough one for me. Why is it? I, it, well, it doesn't, the melting consistency, like when you're putting it on something, it just doesn't melt. Yeah. And so it's one of the kind of harder cheeses, I guess. It's just not my favorite. I'm and more the, of a and sharp the smoky, cheese. the smoky part of some Gouda too. Yeah. I'm not a big, we talked about this with, excuse me, we talked about this with your barbecue. I'm not huge on a lot of smoke. I don't like to feel like I'm eating campfire. Correct. Yes. Dan, I think the Nuggets fans who are up in arms about Bruce Brown and Jeff Green uh, are showing how much of novice of sports fans they are. They obviously don't understand the salary cap or the roles these two guys play. Happy 4th of July, your honor. That's from Nate. He also says, Russ fans, same people who are mad about Bruce Brown. I like it. Hey, Dan, listening to... Hold on one second. Let me scroll back up. Hey, Dan, listening to your interview with Chad, it's so nice to hear rational people talking on the station. The people that think the Broncos are suddenly going to turn it around uh, and do NFL contending or even deep into the playoff contending team are absolutely absurd. Yes, 
Sean Payton is a huge improvement. Yes, the offseason acquisitions made the team better, but we're, we're still a five-win football team last year, and it'll be nice if we win, can get eight or nine, but to say you're going to go deep into the playoffs is truly drinking the Kool-Aid, and this is coming from a lifelong Bronco fan and native in Colorado. Uh, Colorado native. I know, and it's like... W- if you want to talk rationally about it, you have to. You know, people will crush you for. Tr- oh, you're so negative. You're so negative. I like Sean Payton. I like what he brings to the table. They have been desperately needing what he brings to the table. But I'm there with Chad Brown, and I've been I, I've been saying the exact same thing. Like, like this idea, people just say, oh, Mike McGlinchey, Mike McGlinchey, Mike McGlinchey. He's not known for his great pass-blocking skills. He was drafted by the Niners to be their, I don't want to say franchise, ta- you know, right tackle, because, you know, you don't really have franchise right tackles, right? But a, a core part of of their offensive line. And you know, Shanahan likes having the offensive line is how they build around their teams because that's an important part of what they do. And they got him through a contract and then they said, eh, we're just not going to pay big bucks for this guy because as much as we love him and we, I think if the Niners could have paid, you know, reasonable money for him, they would have, you know, liked to have had him. But, they were, I don't think it was even really looking, but, you know, I, we were, I was looking at the time. This is before the Broncos were even in play for him, like uh, towards the end of the season. Like it was never even a consideration for them. Like they were planning during the season. They were, they knew they were going to get rid of him. And it was funny. The Broncos were, were bidding against themselves for this guy. Essentially. They're just like, ah, we're just going to overpay no matter what for this guy. And this is the trap we fall into every single year. With anybody the Broncos sign is, oh, it's got to be genius. I'm trying to think, and even I, and I'm guilty of this because I think it was two, God, I think it was two years ago when I thought Fangio was going to do a better job. And Elway, it looked like he made some good signings. We thought, well, Fangio's going into another year. He can't. You know, the team's going to get better, and it looked like he made some good signings, and they were junk signings. So there's always this bias that because the Broncos are doing it or because it's the Broncos' offer, and I don't mean to, to be mean to anybody here, but look at our website right now. There's an article on denversports.com talking about yet again for what the third or fourth or fifth year in a row about how the Broncos wide receiver core with the same crew is due, is, is primed or ready or whatever the article says for a, for a bounce back year or a banner or whatever the narrative is. It's the same narrative for at least three straight years with the same crew, the same cast of characters, only except for now, Three-quarters of them are broken-down guys. You got K.J. Hamler that is probably going to get cut. He just can't. One, he's not any good, and two, he can't stay on the field. 
Let's just be honest. Let's just say what it is. He can't play, and he's hurt all the time. That's all it is. K.J. Hamler has done nothing, period, in the NFL, and even when he's healthy, and he's never healthy. Tim Patrick is a – I've loved Tim Patrick. He's coming off an injury, and yet we just bury our heads – We you know, bury our heads in the sand and just say, well, he'll just come back 100% of a knee injury at the wide receiver position. How did that work for Cortland Sutton? He's had two full years, and he's never gotten back to where he was. And even when he was at the top of his game, it's like never, nobody ever remembers. He was, a, he was barely a top 20 wide receiver. And he's never been back to full strength after his knee injury three seasons ago. And then we got Jerry Judy. Year four now of, well, he's going to be the next great thing. In year four, the average NFL career isn't even four years, but we're still talking about this dude's potential. Give me a break. This is what we do in this town. With the biases, oh, because it's the Broncos, they're going to be great. And, oh, because it's, I, I, I don't know, with Russell Wilson. Like, we would Oh, we got Sean Payton now. All of a sudden, he's he's just drinking, uh, what do you call it, the fountain of youth? Healing waters? His, his body is washed over. He's bathing in the healing waters. Because there was somebody else that was talking about, um, they're wanting to take issue with all this, basically saying, all this talk, here it is. All the talk about physical decline is all well and good, and I'm sure makes some commentators feel wise to talk about it. But this really isn't the factor with Russell Wilson. The factor is, does he have the motivation to do the job at the highest level anymore? And I respect you for your opinion, Texter, but we just had Chad Brown on, who has played in the league and talked very intelligently about what it was like reckoning with the fact that his body did decline. Athletes do decline. And that we saw it with our own eyes last year. If you were watching, Russell Wilson was in decline. It's not a question of want to. Russell Wilson wants to. Russell Wilson works hard. That's why Chad Brown and myself scoff at this notion that, oh, well, now he's in shape. He was in shape last year. I'm sure it was strategic why he was carrying a little more weight. That was his plan. Now he's saying, okay, well, Sean Payton's probably going to want me to do something different. And I'm sure it's not just because he was listening to everybody, the fans and the media, calling him fat, so he decided to lose weight. I'm sure it's part of a plan. Because he thinks Sean Payton's going to ask him to do something different again. I I don't know for certain, but I don't think he was out of shape last year. He, he takes his craft very seriously. It wasn't a question of motivation. If you listen to Ryan Leaf talk about both of their mentor that died, they live by a creed of nothing but motivation. They don't let anything negative in. They, they have a coach that unfortunately now has passed away. All they do is live by motivation and positivity and singular focus on goals. Like, this isn't a question of motivation for Russell Wilson. And that was where the rubber started to hit the road 
for me with him last year is when we saw, I, I was looking at it, I was always trying to give him an excuse last year because I just couldn't believe he was this bad. And then you saw the decline. Not that he was like, couldn't play at all anymore, right? Sometimes he could make throws. But there were definitely signs where he just couldn't make on a regular basis the plays he used to make. He wasn't as accurate. He was making bad decisions. He couldn't get the – at certain times, he was just a little bit late firing, like that like that boxer that can't quite get that punch off like he used to. We saw it, man. And I, I know you want to say, oh, it's just, you know, analysts – Wanting to sound smart, but is that what you when you when you listen to Chad Brown talk? Is that what you hear, or are you hearing somebody that played this game, and this is what he did for a living, and he knows what he's talking about because he lived it? That's what I heard. I, I don't, when I listen to Chad Brown, I don't hear a bunch of ego. I, listen, I plenty of people, and people say, Dan, you have a ton of ego. And there's other guys you, you, you hear on this station and other stations. You, you can talk about ego all you want. Well, I don't, I don't hear yeah. about Chad Brown's ego. It's just not the type of guy that I hear a bunch of ego in. We all have ego. But that's not what I heard in that analysis. Just didn't. All right, we'll get a bunch of your other stuff in here as well. But let's talk to... <laughs> Calm down, Judge. You're getting a vapor lock. Uh... Chad Brown's a Bronco hater. Oh, stop it. He's a Seattle yes, mole. He's he's a Seattle mole. Don't trust him. He's a Seattle mole. Don't trust him. I love it. Conspiracy theory. Um, somebody uh, sent in a picture of a smoker. Hey, let's, uh, ooh, let me see it. Let's bring in a uh, another friend of the program coming up after the break. Scrappy Will Peterson from DenverSports.com. Now we got Was thinking that you could be trusted. Did you have to ruin what was shining? Now it's all rusted. Did you have to hit me where I'm not entirely sure what this means? This is Dan. I finally agree with you 100%. Gonna buy lotto tickets today. Maybe it's just like such a rare occurrence, it has to be this person's lucky day. Or maybe they just saw the light finally. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe your life is going to completely be transformed. Maybe today is the day the light shines upon you and for you, and it's going to be completely different. I believe that's going to happen, just like it's going to happen for Scrappy Will Peterson. Scrappy Will, how are you, sir? I'm great, Dan. Happy early 4th. How are you? I'm doing great, especially now that we're going to fade this music down. Good, good Lord. What is this, Taylor Swift or what? Oh, come on, Dan. You're not a Swifty? Oh, you are? Is that what you're saying? Oh, big Swifty. Can't wait. She's here in uh, like 12 days, man. I'll be there. You will? Well, why does that not surprise me? You got the connections, don't you? (laughs) Hey, you you didn't have to sit in queue for six hours waiting for tickets, and then when you finally get through, there's like three seats in the whole stadium left. So some of us struggled, but, but got lucky, I guess. Oh, you actually did it the hard way. Huh? You didn't pull in your uh, Ivy League connections on this one. <laughs> no, man, did it the old-fashioned way. And uh, and I, I know a lot of people, like Zach By did three hours of radio while in queue for Taylor Swift and was very, very sad when he got kicked out and did not get tickets. Oh, wow. Poor Zach By. 
sitting courtside for game one of the finals and, you know, $10,000 seats, hanging out with Peyton Manning and Sean Payton and hobnobbing and all that stuff. It must be, it's a rough life. Hanging out in Steamboat all week, you know, uh, pick, you know, it's, yeah, it's tough. I told Zach, he knows how he can get tickets. He just doesn't want to go down that route. But his radio partner has a friend who's in the Broncos ring of fame. So, uh, Zach, Zach has a way to get into Taylor Swift if he wants to. I'm betting come July 15th, we will see pictures of Zach at Taylor Swift. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how many times, how many times do you think Zach wants to go down that road, though? Like, you have to really pick your spots. Or how do you, how protective do you think Stokely is of that stuff? Yeah, that's where it's tricky because how many, you're right. How many times can you say, hey, Brandon, Text Peyton and tell him I need Taylor Swift tickets. That's that's kind of a big ask, and I'm sure I'm sure Peyton is is thinking, man, this is favorite number seventeen for Zach By. How how many do I got to do for this guy? Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, good on you for getting him the old fashioned way. So there you go. That's uh, good on you. I, I, but that's a uh, man. DenverSports.com uh, paid a lot better than I thought these days. Huh? I mean, I thought those tickets weren't they like fifteen hundred bucks a pop or something like that. No, that's what they are in the resale market. But if you got them the old-fashioned way, they were, you know, a couple hundred bucks each, which isn't nothing. I'm not scoffing at that, but the uh, the, the face value is significantly more affordable than the resale, that's for sure. Ah, okay. All right. Well, um, let's start with a little avalanche talk. we got people blowing us up. You know all things Denver sports, of course. You're all over uh, denversports.com. I got a guy who's just killing me on the Avalanche. Avalanche reagency, the trades, all this stuff. Give us your thoughts on what the Avalanche have done so far and how how much have they done to get back to championship form? Well, Dan, they haven't done anything to shake up the NHL world. It's not like they made a trade for Sidney Crosby or they signed Patrick Kane. Uh, the guys they have brought in are not household names, and we would be lying if we said they were. I mean, Miles Wood... Uh, comes to town. Jonathan Druin comes to town, re-signing Andrew Cogliano and Jack Johnson. None of that screams, oh, man, they're going to march right to the cup like they did in 2022 and go on another 16-4 and playoff run. That said, when you look at a guy like Druin, okay, he was the number three overall pick in 2013. Nathan McKinnon went number one, and they were teammates together with the Halifax Mooseheads, which is a great sports name. Um, back in the day, and Chris McFarland, I was on his Zoom yesterday, and he said that they picked Nathan McKinnon's brain on signing Jonathan Drew. And, and obviously, when you're the number three overall pick, there's there's potential there. It just hasn't totally clicked, although he had some nice seasons down in Tampa Bay and a couple good seasons with Montreal, but we're talking three, four years ago. So I can't sit here and say, Dan, oh, my goodness, the Avalanche have won free agency and, and the Cups coming back to Denver. But I can also remind people they have three of the best eight players on planet Earth in Nathan McKinnon, Kel McCarr, and Miko Randon. So as long as those three stay healthy, they have a shot. But still, uh, the, the team that won the Cup was a lot deeper than the team that skates um, or will skate here come September, October down at Ball Arena. Yeah, that Wood deal was a little interesting to me because what was it like, uh, I don't know, 15 years for like $10? Like, what? that deal made no sense <laughs> it, to me. It, it, was, it was a six-year deal. Six years, yes. For how much? Um, like $2 million like, or something? Yeah, a couple million bucks a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, they certainly gave the kid, you know, a, a long, long deal. Maybe that was a, a requirement from the agent. But, yes, locking anyone up for six years in the NHL when, for example, they re-signed Bowen Byram, and everyone's excited about that because Byram is a, is a budding star that just can't seem to stay healthy. 
but they only gave Bo two years. They only gave him a two-year deal. So I'm with you. I don't really understand the differences in lengths there for uh, for Miles Wood and Bo and Byram. I've I've come out and said it. I think it, which how disappointing would it be? But I think their window's done. I think I think they're going to wind up. And I hate to say this with one cup out of that core that we've been talking about for seemingly I don't know eight to eight to ten years. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, that feels a little pessimistic to me because, again, I don't think you can dismiss the talents of McKinnon, Randon, and McCarr. Um, obviously, Landis Gog being out for the years is, is a killer, but, man, you, you really are counting those three out already? You, you think Nathan McKinnon is going to retire with one Stanley Cup? I, I'm not willing to make that grand of a declaration. Yeah. I mean, what did you see in the playoff? I mean, well, here's the problem. Before they had Nazem Kadri, he just – he was a, kind of a no-show in the playoffs. They got Kadri. They got a cup. After Kadri left, McKinnon actually played very well. Him and, and Rantanen actually did play very well. Um, and they s- still weren't able to get it done with Kadri gone, that type of player gone. I, I just I don't see it happening. Like, I just don't understand. Like, they just didn't have the juice anymore. I don't know. Well, but, but Dan, you have to understand, the reason it didn't happen against the Kraken was because their bottom six was terrible. And guess what they did? They told their bottom six to get lost. Dennis Malkin is gone. Matt Nieto is gone. Evan Rodriguez is gone. They they are totally fine with remaking um, the third and fourth lines because when 29 and 96 weren't on the ice against Seattle, it felt like they had no shot to score. So obviously Chris McFarland and Joe Sackick are, are saying, hey, our top two lines aren't the problem. No one's sitting here saying McKinnon, Rantanen, Lekkinen is the problem. Um Ironically, Valeria Nachushkin was literally the problem, but let's let's assume they have him back next year. I, I don't think Sackick and McFarland have any fears about running that that grouping back out there, but they they did not offer any of these dudes contracts. They told them, You weren't good enough, see you later, and that's where Miles Wood and Jonathan Druin come into the fold. So yeah, I, I, I think I think the the problem wasn't the stars. The problem was when the stars weren't on the ice, they had no shot to score, and that's where the Avs seemed to be focused in free agents. Well, and we, but we all we just spent the first part of the interview saying we weren't all that impressed with what they added. And also, I'm I, I think I'm the only guy in town that also says that everybody else is just kind of saying, "Oh, the goaltending's fine." That's the problem. The goaltending is fine. Like it's it's there's nothing remarkable about their goaltending at all. And in the playoffs, like you kind of need outstanding goaltending or it certainly helps like it really helps and they don't have it eh, but were Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francois outstanding when they so went you're talking and now from a guy that went to Kent Denver I would expect a little more because you know about arguing the exception to the rule now the avalanche won a Stanley Cup and they were absolutely the exception to the rule, and uh, I don't think that's a good strategy going forward. Don't do you? No, but this is how hockey is trending. I mean, it's it's no longer the two one games that you know you needed Patrick Waugh to stand on his head for sixty minutes. I mean, Vegas just won a game nine three in the Stanley Cup final. Hockey is trending towards goal scoring is becoming more important than goaltending, and I think the Avs are trying to add enough firepower that they can win playoff games. Eight to six, like they did against Edmonton in the Western Conference Finals in twenty. They lost in the first round because their former goaltender was absolutely not that he's a great shakes. Their former goaltender was absolutely better in that series than their current goaltender. 
Well, I mean, yeah, but Philip Grubauer is the reason they haven't they didn't win two cups. I mean, sure. Grubauer melted down against Vegas in 2021. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh man, I wish we had Philip Grubauer." Joe no, Sackett no, I'm not saying that. Either. I'm not saying cup. that either. But I am saying that's that's why they lost. Like he was better in that series, and it wasn't like it wasn't like the Avalanche didn't have better goal scorers. They absolutely did. The goaltending for the Kraken was better. Yeah, he, he helped steal a series. I'll give you that. And he, he really stood on his head in Game 7. Obviously, McKinnon tied the game, and some technicality offside rule took the goal off the oh, board. Oh, there's Scrappy Will again. There, I, credit to you. You snuck it in. Well, what did I do? You, you snuck it in with that the, the talk about the uh, the officiating, and, and that again, I, I give you credit. Well, the, the Kale McCarr suspension was, was ridiculous. Um, he didn't hear a whistle. He played through... He played through the whistle like you're, you're taught when you're five years old. So, yeah, I, I think the refs uh, did not do the avalanche any favors in that series. Let's put it that way. But I will be realistic about it, Dan. They lost to a Kraken team in round one. That lost to a Stars team in round two. They lost to a Golden Knights team in round three that won the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, they were they were not close this year. Let's put it that way. They If they had won uh, round one, they probably were going to lose round two. It was, it was not the same team that won the Cup. And you hit the nail on the head. It was it was the departure of Nazem Kadri, sort of a heart and soul guy, um, and Andre Burakovsky too. And they're they're not doing stuff in free agency that screams Kadri or Burakovsky. I'll tell you that much. Absolutely. All right, talk about Nuggets. Your thoughts on the Nuggets so far? We lose Uncle Jeff. We lose uh, Mr. Brown. What you think? Well, I can't be mad at Bruce Brown for getting the bag. I mean, he's getting twenty two and a half million dollars a year from the Pacers. And he'll be a free agent again in two years when he's theoretically still a hot commodity and could get another max deal at that point. So to, to think that Bruce Brown was going to play here for seven million bucks or go play somewhere else for twenty two million bucks is just delusional. Um, so anyone who's mad at Bruce Brown is, is insane. I think we would all take a three hundred percent salary increase. Uh, Uncle Jeff, man, he had some moments, uh, but he also had some head scratching moments, and he. He had a little Will Barton to him where Michael Malone was going to play him no matter what. Um, and I think taking away that toy is not necessarily a bad thing. I was not I was not too upset when I saw Uncle Jeff was headed to Houston last night. Always a champion. We'll always appreciate him. But now that Michael Malone can't play Uncle Jeff, that's okay with me. Um, I thought bringing back DeAndre Jordan was a sneaky good signing. Uh, he did have three good minutes in game five of the NBA Finals. Let's not forget that but also just as a locker room sort of chemistry vet guy. Um, and then and then after that, I mean, Dan, they have, what, six rotation players right now that you really trust? The five starters plus Christian Brown. So I'm hopeful for one more depth piece. I was not a huge fan of the Reggie Jackson re-signing. Um, I understand they're, they're excited to see what Peyton Watson can do and Vlatko and Zeke and maybe even a rookie in Strother or Pickett, but... You look at it today, they got six players you trust. I wish that number was more like eight or nine. So uh, I still think Calvin Booth's got a little bit of work to do. I'll be curious to see how this all shakes out. I just could not believe the Reggie Jackson thing because I could have swore that Jake Shapiro came in. We did the big overnight shift, the Denver's hottest new overnight show, Dan Jacobs and D- uh, Darren D. Mac McKee. And Jake Shapiro came in for a couple hours, and I could have sworn he said, either, either it was Jake or D. Mac that said, like, Reggie Jackson was going to retire. He was just like, I just don't have it anymore. Like, I can't play. Like, he came here, and he realized he just didn't have it anymore. Like, physically, he couldn't play anymore, and he was just going to retire. And then all of a sudden, I see he's got a two-year deal. Sort of. 
Well, would you retire if someone offered you $10 million? Absolutely not. So that's the thing. I mean, Reggie could have had that mindset, and then the Nuggets called and said, hey, man, two years, $10 million. And Reggie said, that's cool with me. Um, he's a Colorado kid. He's a nice guy. But he just kid. He's older than you and me. What's that? Are you, are you one of those guys called everybody kid? Isn't he your age or, or older? Uh, he's exactly my age because yeah. uh, in 2008, we were in a tournament where we lost in the semis, and if we had won, we would have played against Reggie in the finals, and everyone knew who Reggie was, obviously. Um, went on to play college ball at Boston College and then get drafted in the NBA, so that would have been fun. So, yes, maybe I shouldn't call him kid. What are you calling he's, him kid for? I think, I think he's literally my exact same age. Yes. But, but at the same time, I think Reggie Jackson will benefit from a year in training camp with the Nuggets and maybe some more consistent minutes. He looked like a guy that when he got in the game last year, he knew he had one, maybe two minutes to impress the coaching staff or his butt was going back on the bench. So with a little bit of uh, confidence, I guess, instilled in him by this new deal, maybe he'll be better next year. But, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say it made sense. That was that was the one move over the last 48 hours that we all kind of kind of looked at and said, what? Really? So that one that one will be curious because he's certainly not good enough to replace Bruce Brown. I think we all know that. I mean, I, I just kind of think it will be a little bit of you can just I, everybody's panicking about Bruce Brown, but it's just like, hey, man, like one, I think we're going to see a little bit more after a full season under his belt of, you know, Jamal Murray is going to probably up his game a little bit. We're going to expect I would expect a lot more. I was talking earlier in the show, like at this point, what if, if they, you know, Jerry Judy could go uh, to a Halloween party as Michael Porter Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. could go to a Halloween party as Jerry Judy. Like, both those guys need to actually finally hit their potential or I'm going to lose it, all right? So Michael Porter Jr. needs to step up. Aaron Gordon, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying he needs to step up, but he got hurt last year and he played dramatically different. Um, he played a different role after he came back. I would expect if he's healthy, he may contribute more similar to what he was doing in the beginning of the year. Like there are a myriad of different ways that the production will be replaced. I think Michael Malone also wants to get a, at least during the regular season, a look at a, some of the younger guys more. Like I think like it's not like one guy's going to replace Bruce Brown's production and what he brings, but I think. Like, the luxury of being the NBA champs brings a lot to Michael Malone, and he gets to play a little bit. He gets to be like a little bit of the, uh, what do you call it, the nutty professor a little bit. Yeah, but I got I to gotta pause on something you said earlier there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Michael Porter Jr. fan, but comparing him to Jerry Judy, I mean, one of them has a ring, and one of them just went 5-12. and 12, Well, and he, he got been benched. ejected in the game. He scored three touchdowns. He made contact with an official, got very lucky he was not ejected, and and – rallied to to get half his touchdown total in that game. So Jerry Judy, Michael Porter Jr., I mean, damn it, you, you lost me a little bit on that one. <laughs> all right, that's fair enough. But all I hear is how, like, wasn't uh, Jerry Judy, like, uh, all pro the last three or four games of the season, though, Will? Isn't that fair? He was great. He was awesome. Well, there you go. Uh, especially once Nathaniel Hackett was gone and Jerry Rossberg took over, it just sort of felt like Judy kind of, played with a freeness that he needs to play with because they did the smart thing, Dan. They made him the number one wide receiver. Quit trying to make Cortland Sutton the one number one wide receiver. He's not. Jerry Judy's the best wide receiver on your roster, and I think Sean Payton is going to realize that and realize that quick, and, and Judy will be Russell Wilson's number one option this year. But 
Michael Porter Jr. Again, I mean he's a he he's a champion. In the I mean, it, was, it was benched. Jerry Judy. They were worried about picking up his fifth year option. I mean the two aren't even in the same strategy. Hey man, he was getting benched. What are you talking about? He got benched in the finals. He was they were giving Bruce Brown and Jeff Green all of his minutes. He still played like 35, 40 minutes a game. Now some of those, um, he was playing twenty minutes a game in some of those games. I know, but he but he hit the glass. He he realized that he had to do other things like. We have to give a guy credit. He lost his shot because they had so much time off between the, the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals, but he did sort of reinvent his game. And then we all saw the viral moment with Michael Malone telling him, hey, quit talking about missing your shot because you're still doing a lot of good things that are helping this team win championships. So I just I, I can't put the Broncos in the Nuggets. It's, it's not so much Judy and Porter. It's just they, there are no comparisons right now between the Broncos and Nuggets. Zero, other than the fact that all the Broncos players went and sat courtside at the games. That's the, <laughs> that's the only connection between the two teams. I like it. I like it. No, I'm just having some fun there. No, if no there is a little bit of a comparison in that, we are for both those guys, we, we hear about how great they are going to be, and I haven't seen it yet out of either one of them. You've seen more of it out of Michael Porter Jr. for sure, but still, man, when are we going to see it out of either one of them? Well, I hope this is the year for Judy. I mean, we know they're going to be run heavy, but I, I still think that, you know, they have way too much money invested in that wide receiver room to not throw the football. Oh, by the way, they have way too much money invested in the quarterback position to not throw the football. Like, we can all sit here and say, oh, they're going to be run heavy, run heavy, run heavy. Well, guess what? Sean Payton coached Drew Brees for 15 years. And, yeah, New Orleans run the football, but last time I checked, Drew Brees was setting every passing record known to man. So, to, to just sit here and say, oh, they're going to be a run football team. It's like, well, the evidence points that he still lets his QB pass too. Just just look at Mr. Breeze's stats all those years in New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Scrat, well, so, by the way, I was going to ask you this because Matt Smith was talking about he hates every other holiday almost, but he loves the 4th of July. Where does the 4th of July fall on the Scrappy Will Peterson set of holiday rankings? Matt Smith, why, why do you hate holidays? I, I like every single holiday. There's not... Not a single holiday I dislike. So uh, I, I'd say the force is kind of in the middle, Dan. I mean, it's fun to barbecue, go to the pool, throw a few back, watch some fireworks. Believe me, I, I'm into all that stuff. Um, but I, I still think the winter holidays trump all, right? I mean, Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday on the calendar. Why? Uh, just because of the, the, the meal, the gourmet feast, the family time. And then it's hard to top Christmas, too. So I'd, I'd say the force somewhere in the middle. But it's, a, it's definitely a nice little break in the halfway through the calendar year. Matt says he hates the food on Thanksgiving. Dude, what? Yes. Matt, you all right? You all right, bro? <laughs> no, that, uh, that, 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 you need to get a different cook then if you hate the food because every single thing on the menu at my house is delicious. So what do they have I, I don't buy into that one, Matt. What, what do they have there? What, what do you guys have catered in? Uh, no catering. No <laughs> catering. My mom is an excellent cook. Let's go with turkey, stuffing, gravy, mashed potatoes, Brussels sprouts, green beans, carrots, cranberry, pumpkin pie, pecan pie. I think that about covers it. Everything you just listed, I was asking Matt Smith about during the, the you know those handoff shows. He said he hated all of it. I don't eat these cranberries and the gravy and the turkey. and ugh, Gross. I'm like, geez, all right, well. I think McDonald's is open on Thanksgiving, Matt. If you, you know, you need a quarter pound or a Big Mac, I, I guess they can get you. But I'll stick with the traditional food. Scrappy Will Peterson from DenverSports.com. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, of course. See you, Dan. All right, see ya. Your chance to react to Scrappy Will or anything else you've heard today coming up next. 
Couldn't know she's leaving. Did she hear the screamer slamming rubber squealing gears are jamming? Local country station just a blare out on the radio. Pick him up at seven and they're heading to the rodeo. Mama's all right. On board, screaming out her warning. Girl, you better see your right on talking back and get the he texted me or tweeted at me. Told you so. He's, he's, I'd say he's, he hurt himself, pat himself on the shoulder. You see me at a uh, ice pack on during the show today? No, I'm, I missed that. I thought it was just like a shoulder bag. I didn't realize it was an ice pack. Yeah, it was an ice pack. Really? He's, I mean, <laughs> talk about a guy patting himself on the shoulder. Like, he threw his shoulder out. No, I just, he's one of those guys, like, because he actually works. Like, he's his real job is, like, Swinging the hammer and stuff like he, yeah, like manual labor, yeah. Running a well, physical, running a crew that does it or whatever. I don't know exactly what he does. Like I think he orders people around doing that. I don't know. Like I think he's probably the guy. From what I've been, let's be fair to Matt. I don't think he actually is supposed to swing the hammers. I think he gets mad at the people that are supposed to swing the hammers. So then he's ah, oh, let me do it, and then he does it himself. That's I think exactly, that's what goes on. That's exactly where I was going to go with that. I was like, he probably just wants to do it himself. Yeah. So no one else screws it up. So I think, like, he's really banged up, you know. Um, so, you know, he, he's actually physically has bad physical ailments. But uh, so anyway, he's texting me this review or some tweet about uh, Indiana Jones. So incredibly bad because he was talking about it yesterday. I went home yesterday. And my wife's like, we, we should go watch that. I'm like, I don't know. Matt Smith said it sucks. But he, but but every Tom Cruise movie's good for some reason. I don't know. Our good boy Matt Smith. Yeah, actually though, I should be fair because when I was talking to Matt Smith, I said, "Matt, you hate you hate Thanksgiving. You don't like the food." He's like, "I don't need any of the food." In fairness, um, I don't love turkey. I do love turkey sandwiches though. The leftover the Thanksgiving turkey is strictly for turkey sandwiches. That's it. And I've just. Uh, in fact, somebody here is saying, look for transitional food, not only meat, potatoes, mince piece, pie, gravy. Um, but somebody says, oh, I'm trying to see see here. Um, sorry, two, two, two texts are getting conflated here. So this one says, all that food is okay, but what about the pork green chili, Mexican rice, tortillas, tamales, pasoli? I don't know if I've ever had pasoli. Is that like that's like a like a bean soup, right? Uh, well, it's similar hominy. to a bean soup. We had it on the menu uh, for a while at the hotel. It's uh, made with hominy, right? Hominy, yeah, which is a bean, right? Sort of. Yeah, sure. it's yeah similar, and it's just it's spices and everything kind of blended together. Yeah, so that's how you do Thanksgiving the right way, is what the texture says. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds good to me. I'll eat tamales. I like I like a bunch of tamales, man. Um, yeah, you know Thanksgiving. Matt may have a, I mean, he's wrong about gravy. Gravy's fantastic. I made some gravy this week. I got, see, gravy, it's like total luck with me, right? Because I made, I made, I was making, I made chicken fried sticks. Had some deer trail meat. Boom, boom. It was actually a cube steak. I don't know the difference between a cube steak and a chicken fried steak. But that's what I made. I'm like, why don't I try, I have the drippings, make some gravy. This time it worked out. It was fantastic. Other times I try and make it, it's disgusting. It worked out this time. But if it's good, gravy is like the best thing ever. Yeah, I could eat just mashed potatoes and gravy all yeah. all day. When I went down, in fact, this place was outside of Graceland. Um, so in, what's that, Memphis? Yes, we Tennessee. To, uh, yeah, we went into an authentic southern diner 
just outside of Graceland and literally on the menu under vegetables, gravy was an option. Like literally it said, it was like vegetables and, and potatoes was one, green bean was one, and gravy was a vegetable option on the menu. I'm like, I don't know if that's right, but I'm going to have gravy as my vegetable today. Thank you. And fried chocolate pie was, it was actually, the fried chocolate pie was actually disgusting. The gravy was good. Um, Somebody saying hominy is not, uh, uh, pasoli is corn and pork. It's not beans. All right. Well, you got me there. I didn't know what it was. Uh, So anyway, Matt Smith, yes, we were, um, yeah, I I was giving you a, a little bit of a hard time, but I'm with you a little bit on the turkey and stuff. And we did for a while there. We got a little bit of. Thanksgiving food fatigue because we were having, and my family were having the same foods every single meal when we got together five times a year, and we started mixing it up. Sweet. Uh, somebody says a chicken fried steak is a cube steak that's fried. Well, cube steak is always fried, isn't it? That's how we've always had it. I, I, I've only done chicken fried steak. Uh, with, I've never messed around with cube steak any other I th- way. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, honestly, all I think a cube steak is is just a tough steak that's been put through. Um, it's just the way it's put through whatever that machine is. And I think it's a little bit tougher. Like a good chicken fried steak is going to be really, really tender. It's the same concept. You can call it a chicken fried steak if you want. But it's a, yeah, I mean... My grand, grand, I was raised by granny, my granny, my you know grandparents, and she had cube steak. We had it once or twice a week for 10 years. <laughs> it was fantastic. She only had like, she, we, I mean, we had the same stuff. She had probably six recipes that we had every week. And I, I, I can't remember all of them, but cube steak was definitely one of them. So I will get to some more of your texts on the other side. Also, uh, we'll continue the conversation we're having behind the scenes uh, as well. Uh, Final hour of the Dan Jacobs show coming up next.